You're listening to In The Lead, the podcast for real estate pros looking to grow their business. Whether you're new to the business or a seasoned pro, we come to you each week with the latest technology and online strategies to help you sell more, work less, and make a difference in your community through your real estate business. This show is brought to you by Easy Agent Pro, creators of Lead Sites, the ultimate lead generation website for agents. For show notes and links, check out EasyAgentPro slash podcast. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning wherever you EAP people are. My name is Chris McHale, and you are listening into the In The Lead podcast. And today we have a full house, uh, Knights of the Round Table, if you will, which is really, really cool. Um, we'll start off with saying hello to Mr. Alec again. Uh, once again, he's the new father and forgetful individual who doesn't pay attention during podcasts. So how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, you're going to listen this time? I'm glad you responded <laughs> I, to that one. <laughs> <laughs> We we're off to a good have, start. No promises how it'll how it'll continue. <laughs> we also have the lovely Kelvin as well, the supermodel, the GQ model himself. How are you doing today, Kelvin? <laughs> doing good, man. Fact, Thank you. you. Did steal that red background he uses on YouTube from GQ? Did you? Is that, is <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, I follow GQ on Instagram, and a lot of their photos are solid no, yeah, color I'm backgrounds. Yeah, not making it up. It's true. Yeah, he's serious. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> Excellent. And that's, that's the best. That is. That's pretty. Hey, you need, actually, you should change that color up. You heard it here first. He's changing it for spring. <laughs> for spring. Yeah, GQ doesn't keep that same color all around the year, I See? think. See? It's true. We should start moving into selling clothes, too. Speaking of selling stuff, Legend has it that you finished uh, a great ebook and then ended up selling it first day it went on market. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. Ebooks are going to be a big focus moving forward, so we're really we're excited to say about that. that. Was that a secret or no? Tyler looked at me like no, it's not a secret at oh, all. Uh, Easy and Pro is moving into, um, we're sort of upping the level of production on some of our content elements that we give to to support the community and everything. So we're, you know, nominal fees on some of these ebooks that we're spending a lot of time on. And then the blogs will always be free, videos always free, but um, adding a new level of, of stuff. If you're interested in it, go check it out. It's just easyatonpro.com slash ebooks, or you can find it in the menu. Boom. There you go. Shameless plug. We made it happen. Yeah, we shameless also plug have, two seconds in. <laughs> we also have another very special guest. She's actually appeared one other time on the show and actually had the second highest ratings for a podcast, so she's back. Um, she's our master editor, our the princess of Easy Agent Pro. How are you doing, Paula? I'm doing super good. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Thank you for coming back. And then we do have, as well, Tyler, you heard him talk already. As usual, yeah, interrupted off, everyone's introduction. Huh? See, he just did it again. <laughs> and then, <laughs> last but not least, we also have the like. I, what do I call you? The the Mister Smith of the Matrix, right? The <laughs> the old lady, Wu-Tang. the the Wu Tang Clan member, the old the old lady in the apartment. Uh, <laughs> her name, <laughs> um, Robert. Robert is back with us, and that's where I just want. I just want to jump in, Robert. How you doing, man? You were not here last podcast as usual. It's about every other one you come. <laughs> Yeah, I've been um I've been a little busy to say the least with this new update. Um super excited. It finally launched today. Uh we have our kind of our reimagined lead sites back end. Um really, really stoked to just we literally just pushed it fifteen minutes ago. We're starting to roll it out to all the sites. Um and and really what this update was was kind of um 
kind of a step back for us to to look at where we're headed and what we're going to build in 2017. So we kind of have our roadmap um, to to juicing up lead sites for 2017, and that's real exciting to to have done. And it just required a little legwork on the back end, but. Um, Basically, we so now it's really cool. We integrated Google Analytics throughout our entire site. So, you know, you're it's feeding into posts, it's feeding into pages. You can see where people are going on your site, how long they're staying there, and um, and you can really explore kind of what is working on your site and what's not. And it's really, really pretty obvious. And I don't know, um, most agents that use Google Analytics find it a little scary. I find it scary. I think Ty used to be scared of it too at one time. <laughs> but um, it uh, it it's the best tracking data tool for for really just for any, any website on the web. And we instead of kind of reinventing the wheel, we we decided to bring it um, just full circle into our product, um, just a native integration. You one click and you have Google Analytics on your site, and uh, you kind of it helps you to be more informed as as a marketer into kind of what's working and what's not. Um, and then along with that, visually, we just we we. It it's, does look really cool. It looks really pretty. And more than pretty, it's mobile. So we know agents are doing, you know, you're busy. You're doing stuff in your car. You're doing stuff at Starbucks. You're doing it using different devices, maybe a tablet or something. Um, and we wanted to make it as easy as possible to make changes on your website, to launch a marketing campaign, to do what you're trying to do without interrupting your day. And um, so we, we just kind of scrapped our whole thing and just started fresh and made it just um, made it with that in mind. Um, and then on top of that, we have our, our, our new blogging experience is really just going to be pretty awesome for content editing. Um, if you're a, if you spend time blogging, you know, that you're, you're, you're kind of sitting staring at a text editor for a long, long time. And our, our last one was kind of cluttered and, um, and it's really no, no, you know, like you, it just should be better. So we, we kind of reinvented our own blog editor. Uh, it has easy media adding, so you can add a video with one click, add the link and it's on there. You can control the sizes. So it's really smart. We, we aim to alleviate a lot of the tricky stuff about writing blogs. It's pretty much impossible to have an ugly formatted blog with our new, with our new editor. So I'm really happy to roll that out. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Alex blogs are pretty hideous. <laughs> that's intentional that's intentional that's just good marketing right there that's good marketing <laughs> but uh yeah just so kidding, I'm just razzing his brand right. brand new blog and then um like a, a big thing we revised our education section make it super easy for everyone you know we spent a lot of time coaching agents to success doing the, all this marketing stuff and uh and we we are our old education section didn't really make it um, kind of forthcoming with all that information. It was kind of a mess. So we redid that whole thing. You can schedule coaching sessions. You can schedule your intro session. Um, it has We have chat just like always, but uh, just a really good update to the product. And I, I hope you guys like it. So I'm super stoked. Boom. I'm, we're all excited. We've been waiting anxiously. Looks like you got a little sun there too, Robert. How's that? What, what happened there? Oh, yeah. I... Um, in the middle of everything, I, I took a couple days and I went to Mexico. <laughs> so I got a little sunburned. I'm not not made for the sun. I'm a little pale, but uh, I survived. Tyler, Tyler needs some sun too. It's all that snow. <laughs> I'm allergic yeah. to it, Chris. So. I know. Yeah, you <laughs> hide in your same room. What do you What do you think of the rollout, Tyler? What, are you excited about the dashboard or what's going on with? Yeah, you? I'm excited about, about what it lets us do. It's got a lot of built-in functionality for analytics and split testings and um, things that we'll be able to move into in the future. Right. And Kelvin, how about you? How do you feel about it? Pretty pumped? I'm really, really pumped. I got to see the dashboard 
a couple of weeks back when I he went you're to lucky, Inman. Lucky dog. <laughs> yeah, and I've been excited ever since then. Robert showed me a little, just a little preview of it, so I'm really excited to see it roll out. Yeah, absolutely. And from a coaching standpoint, Alec, are you? What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? Um. Yeah. It's just. It's just much. Pre- <laughs> it's just much prettier. And, no, that's okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It just it really blows my mind after seeing some of the stuff that Robert did. Even just that one-click uh, Google Analytics integration, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff that had to go into that after having gone in and done it, where you have to go copy and grab the code and stuff. I some of the stuff he does that is it looks pretty and it looks simple and it looks easy. Like the work that goes on behind the scenes kind of blows my mind. So nice job, Robert. It's pretty crazy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And then Paul, I'm sure, is stoked about the blogging for sure. Oh yeah, super stoked. Um, I did get a little taste of it as well, a little behind the scenes, and I just think it's going to enable users to do so much more, so much more easily, so I can't wait to see the new content that everybody comes up with. Yeah, absolutely. I know personally, I'm very visual, so I think it's really cool to see the leads and the clicks on the same graph, and just, you know, it it sounds, you know, just make it as simple and clean and zen as possible for people to really understand, like, what's working and what's not. So we're all pretty stoked. We're pretty proud of you, even though we couldn't get a hold of you for three weeks. But <laughs> I'm back. It You're feels back. good. I can smile again. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. We have the new rollout. Super excited about that. We did have some realtor reality stuff. I actually am going to take that out completely. Um, I randomly shouted out to everybody on uh, the Beatzilla group and got some really fantastic questions. So I just want to dive into that. We even had a question on YouTube, and I think Tyler got an email as well. So we're just going to kind of cruise through everything here. The first one I kind of want to go into right now, Robert, I'm going to call you out again, man. Um, Gene, Gene asks, so I'm not having a lot of luck with my Facebook ads, but I'm going to keep trying. In the meantime, I want to try to add more content to my site. I'm going to start interviewing some local businesses and try to get backlinks to their site. My question is, does EAPers have, do any EAPers have experience with this? How long should the interview be? What should some good questions be asking? Uh, thanks in advi- advance. And actually after you're done, I would love to hear Paula's, uh, thing on this as well, since she's been writing stuff. Okay. So let's start with, uh, not the ads, but interviewing, Um, local business owners and making it work as a marketing tactic for your business. So you have to approach it from a point of you're going to be making an ad for their business. So this is, you're going to take some time to not promote yourself. You'll be on the video, you'll be in the material and all that stuff, but you're actually going to be kind of promoting their business and, and that's where you're going to be kind of doing an audience sharing. So that's the real goal. So Start off and work backwards. What are you trying to get? You're trying to get traffic. You're trying to get backlinks. Those will be great SEO indicators. Um, And so if that is your goal, make sure you're choosing the right niche to work in. So like if you're looking to get a bunch of traffic and you go to a super small business that just opened their doors, they don't have any likes on Facebook. They don't have any any kind of following at all. You're going to be spending the same amount of time as it would if you went to someone popular who could actually kind of promote your stuff and and share it with their network giving you some valuable traffic giving you some some good uh, higher domain authority um, backlinks and that's just going to make it more successful so start with your goal and then work backwards and and really I would just make a list of 10 like just investigate niches really like let's take um like a pizza places for example you find the 10 pizza places in albuquerque that have the most traffic you start with the fir- the the busiest one first those are going to be the people who are most valuable for your audience and when you go like when you go interview them you're really like you need to be telling their story. I don't know if you've seen Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It's me and, me and my girlfriend. It's one of our favorite show. 
Um, girlfriends, girlfriend. Oh, uh, <laughs> <player>. <laughs> yeah, but Guy Fieri goes in these places and he's like, he's making an ad for them. It's literally pitching their taco place, their pizza place. He's like, man, this joint here is making just the best tacos. This is why he gets them to reveal their, their secrets. What is the, you know, what's the secret to the perfect crust? And this is all stuff that is going to make your video interesting. It's going to give you stuff to write about. And then it's also going to, going to just like, it's going to attract, um, it's going to, encourage them to share it with their network and and publish it widely because it actually is a promotional video of them. It's giving them authority and just make them feel like a kind of like a badass while you're there. Cause they, you know, if they, if they really are that good and they're worth writing about, it should, it should be really easy to do that. So tell their story. Why is it so good? Get a piece of value that you can share with your, with the audience, maybe get a coupon so you could run it and then figure oh, out how um, squeeze page, right? There you go. And then figure out how you're going to share it. So that's your next goal because you're you're doing a full ad and promotion for their business. So you're going to have to go get this article shared if you want more traffic. So you're going to have to go find like food blogs. You're going to do home and lifestyle stuff and find these groups in on Facebook where people would actually appreciate like what does XYZ Pizza do? Are they legit? Are they good? Do you have a discount? And this is a good way to get it shared and make it something that people would actually click on. So that's right. my two cents. Heck yeah, perfect. Paula, I'm sure that, you know, with all of your experience writing blogs and articles and interviewing people, because you, you've done some interviews with some individuals that are coming out, right, from, you know, local people who use EAP? Yeah, I have. Yeah, um, so what type of questions What type of questions are you usually asking when you do, like, these small interviews for local businesses or individuals that you want to highlight? Um, I mean, Robert really covered it, but I would just say just be casual as if you were getting to know them and – and know what they do and what information would be valuable to your to the community. What do they need to know about this place? Um, and I would say that, like Robert said, explore the niches and start with um, go to like Yelp or something and type in you know best pizza places in in Albuquerque. We'll say see what people are saying. And get a sense of what they already like about it. Maybe um, what what they haven't. What they don't know, do they know the backstory? Um, right. Is it is it you know authentic Neapolitan pizza? Where where are they from? How did they get established? Things like that, and kind of let the community guide um, your interaction. And then um, I would also say that to Jean, especially to take this further than backlinks and do some cross promoting on Facebook and across uh, social platforms. So if he finds, you know, a business that has several hundred likes or a lot of really uh, great organic engagement, he can just tag them in his post to promote, uh, you know, to, to link to the blog. And then their audience will see that as well and get to know, um, get to know him a little bit better in his business. Absolutely. Um, no, great. That's all great information. I kind of want to ask a question maybe to Tyler and Rob, but a little to everybody when they're, when you're creating content and blog posts, what shouldn't you blog about? Because I get this, <laughs> there's every once in a while, we'll get some really random obscure thing that pops up like, you know, in, in the Beatzilla group or even on a blog. And I, I think that there are some do's and don'ts to what we sh you know, what you should add as content onto your site. I would say that don't blog, don't, get on Facebook, don't set up a Facebook ad until you are certain like how someone is going to find that and how you're going to make it a success. So if you are setting up a blog before you write it, 
figure out who's going to share it, who's going to link to it, and who's going to be the first 20 people that you have read it. And then go write that. And then, like, for Facebook, it's the same thing. For YouTube videos, it's the same thing. But I think a lot of people um, sit down. They're like, I'm going to blog. Okay, I'm going to Google blog ideas. Okay, um, this uh, Riz Media says that I should write about the 10 ways to sell a home. Okay, I just uh, wrote the 10 ways to sell a home. Click publish. And then they go and they shut their computer and walk away, right? That's, A, not an interesting blog. It's been done probably a million times at this <laughs> yeah, point. Right. B, um, you just published it and didn't share it, didn't get anyone to link to it, didn't get anyone excited about it. And I think that's what you shouldn't do. I think it's it's crucial to like the blog is the thing that will get you leads. You just got to then build like that. That's the place. Then you got to build the road to get to that place. Right. Absolutely. Check out your internet history and look at the things that you've clicked on when you're searching. You can like you kind of start analyzing, you know, maybe your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend um, or girlfriends in your case. Or girlfriends. <laughs> and uh, and see what they're clicking on. Like you, I mean, no one is clicking like a how to sell your house 10 tips article. When you go see a tested proven thing that people actually click on, it's a, it's a lot easier to tell. You can look at it by top shares. Um, you could, you really need to like, and there's no shame in, in doing the three up technique where you, you find a good article that's been written by someone else and rewrite it, write it, make it better, do better picture, make it more in depth. And you should have the same results, if not better, if you can go about sharing it and promoting it the same way they did. It's like a good, easy way to hit a proven topic, right? Nail on the head and, and not waste time writing a blog that people don't read. Cause that's really the worst thing. And what we see people quitting for is you write five blogs that no one wants to read. And then you're like, man, blogging sucks. I'm giving up. Or and you stop at five and you don't go yeah. on past five blogs. Here's Tyro really 250 blocks. <laughs> yeah. Here's what here's what I'm noticing too, right? When I see an individual struggle with creating content for their site, specifically blogging, you know, like you said, they'll post it and forget about it. If you spent an hour or so writing a really in-depth blog that you think is very very good, it's always really important to have people read it. And the worst case scenario is when you go, hey, Tyler, I just wrote this blog. Can you read it? The worst thing he's going to say is no. And then you move on to that next person and they'll read it and they'll give you pointers on it, the pros and cons of it, stuff like that. That's the thing is it doesn't, you know, creating drafts of these blogs, do not be scared to ask your family member to read it. It's so simple. We do it at EAP. We even have brainstorming sessions for, for just titles. And, and it's, it takes us 20, 30 minutes to come up with a decent title. We have 10 different ones that we all home in on. 10 of us are all looking at the same thing. So that's, that's kind of my pointer is don't be scared to get out there and just have people, you know, just say, hey, I just wrote this. Do you mind, you know, reading it and, and what your thoughts are? Yeah, and then a non – oh, sorry, Paula. Oh, no, it's okay. And I, I think that working with businesses, especially if you are newer to blogging, is a really great way – to practice writing content. You've already got a topic. Um, probably some of these places have been featured or reviewed before. So you can kind of see how what information is has already been presented and what you can give to your community that they might not already know or is exclusive. Um, and yeah, and then just and have people read it. I mean... We're always open to reading, you know, agent right. blogs and, as and well. Like the, the thing is you can blog to get free real estate leads, right? You, it's a proven thing that you can go out there. You can write a blog every two weeks on point. You can link to people. You can interview people. Those people that you link to and interview will share it. And if you do that every two weeks for a year, 
uh, it's been proven time and time again that you'll probably end that year with free traffic to your site in the neighborhood of 10 to 15,000 visitors, maybe getting close to 20, right? Then you have that traffic that is an asset to your business that you then can convert into real estate leads. So that's the goal. That's You've got to commit to that. Or if that doesn't interest you, then you probably should pursue something else like Facebook ads. Oh, See, but it is something too, that can get you those free real estate leads. And you've always said it, right? Just pick one thing and get really good at it before you move right. on. Right. Like, create a pick goal. what type of content you're going to write, too. Are you going to be like Easy Agent Pro? We picked that we weren't going to be a daily publishing platform. We weren't going to publish 17 posts a day, right? We picked that we were going to publish two to three posts a week that were high quality and had an angle that typically other people weren't talking about. So we went with unique and we went with a different posting strategy. Other people will try to do, you know, you got to pick which type of what type of lane you're going to be in. And then on the topic of lanes, there's there's not just because a post doesn't get massively shared or claimed like, you know, shares doesn't mean it's a complete dud. Um, you can you can like the SEO value is still there. If you write a sound post with good, good formatting, um, you know, we we write some all the time that just they just don't for whatever reason, they just didn't relate well enough to the audience. We took a weird angle on it and they just don't get shared, but they still rank. And when you rank, you end up getting like 10, you know, it could be 10 hits a day that adds up to three. 300 a month and then 3,600 for the year. And it becomes a, a nice slice of consistent traffic, even though it's low volume. Um, and that's really one of the secrets to SEO is just getting 200 low volume equals one to five high volume. It's, it's really 10 X easier for you yeah. to go out there and rank for things like that. than it is in do rank for 30 things like that and then get 3000 visitors a month. than it is for you to rank for a main keyword in your city. Right. Absolutely. I think that we answered this question really, really easily. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope that he takes some of this and creates some good content. And honestly, uh, feel free to share it with us on BeatZilla. We'd love to take a look at some of your And the funny thing about all this, Gene, is that your Facebook ads will work after you do this work. Ah, like, there you go. The same ads will work. <laughs> there you go. Kelvin, did you want to chime in on anything? Are you happy with it? And Alex off will nope. buy it too. I think you guys covered it pretty well. I was going to say the way I'd go about it is I, I like the kind of the structure that um, – What's his name? Brian Dean uses from Backlinko where he actually starts with the keyword. He figures out the type of search, the niche search that he's going to go after. And from there, he builds the content around that. And then he spends the next two to three weeks promoting the absolute hell out of the article by putting it up on Instagram, putting it up on Twitter, putting it up on YouTube, sending it out via email and building up that the foundation for that one article and then moves on to another one after that. But the first two to three weeks are just spent building the foundation for this piece of content that he started with a specific right. keyword for. Right. So that's all I really was going to say about it. But I think everybody basically covered everything. <laughs> Fantastic. Alec, do you want me to repeat the question so you can chime in or are you good? I think everyone uh, nailed it there pretty good. In terms of specific questions for business owners, everyone kind of like sort of skirted around it, but I just want to give it as a framework. Just use the, um, the old school uh, journalism thing, the who, what, why, when, where, that's a great place to start as a framework for those specific questions to be asking local businesses and then, you know, put some pizzazz and sizzle on top of those. Yeah. Who doesn't love yeah. sizzle? Oh, Everybody also, before sizzle. we move on from that, I actually, I answer, I put this in the Beatzilla group, but check out Dustin Brome. He's his top, top golf interview was a video yeah. uh, that actually did group. really well. And basically you can see kind of how he did, how he went about the interview and it was a very successful video for him. Yeah. Awesome. Great. 
Well, take all of that information, write it down, listen to it in your car, and then start typing away when you get to the office. And let us know when you create a blog or a vlog, and we'll be happy to take a look at it for you. Um, We will move on to the next thing. Uh, Rebecca Foster said that she is having – she's struggling with getting potential leads to fill out squeeze pages. Um, I know that Kelvin has talked about squeeze pages a bunch of times on videos. So maybe if you want to just give them some creative ideas or or want to chime in and maybe help out, that would be great. That would be great. Basically, if if the setup you're using isn't working, I would just completely I would just change the structure of your page. I think what you're offering just clearly isn't enough. I would try one thing I'm not seeing lead site users use enough of is video on their squeeze pages. Everybody's using the very straightforward um, laid out for the single for, uh, single story home search and the foreclosures, and those work great, but they won't always work for everybody in every single case. So I would definitely experiment with trying video on your squeeze page and just really reevaluate what you're offering on the squeeze page. If, if they're not converting, um, but the numbers on your ad are great, then really just reevaluate the structure of your squeeze page. Hey, Kelvin, how many landing pages have we made this week? Uh, <laughs> you want me to talk about Facebook forms? Is that what no, you're trying to like get me to? No, just like five or six, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, and like, how many ads have we made this week? Mm, new ones, the uh, one, two, three, four, five, or six, probably around. Right, there. with like a couple hundred variations in in those. Right, yeah. Right. So, Using espresso. I mean, I guess that's my point. Is like we've tried. We we have this month in the last thirty days, we have had a hundred and thirty thousand visitors to our site. Um, we already have a lot of ads running, and we've set up five to six other landing pages that we're testing. Um, and if you don't know how to test a landing See, page, go go to our YouTube. Test. I love that. That's the big one for me that I, I so see it's, missing it's, a it's lot testing of because a lot of times, like what we think works, not a lot of times, uh, what we think works in our head never is how it actually works. <laughs> like um, there have been so many times where even even me, like I'll listen to someone, I'll be that's interesting, and then I'll go set it up, and it works like. Dip, it kind of works like that, but it works differently. So what you're hearing us say and how you hear, like we say it works, you probably just a little bit like of tweaking and it would be massively successful. So I would try setting up that same ad with three squeeze pages. I would try setting up that same squeeze page with three more ads and uh, work on that type of conversion. Robert, would you like to chime in? I can see the gears turning in that sunburned forehead. <laughs> No, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I'm a yeah, I'm good on that. My one. thing, my thing with it is, you know, they, we appreciate the the question, Rebecca. And it's fantastic. Um, it, it's really tough. We've made it very clear that it's really tough. It's a it's a you know person by person basis. Some people may have success with one, and there's a whole bunch of factors that play into it: geographic location, how hot the market is, um, you know, what you're advertising, how many how many different ways you're advertising it. So. The, the big thing that I would say to you just from learning from these guys is you got to gather data and, and just everything is everything's not going to come to you right away. It's not this huge success story. Even with like Karen, she probably tried five or six ads before that one did really, really well. And the way that she found out that that one did well was she gathered the data on it and was able to make distinctions and associate the pros and cons of each individual ad that she ran, as well as, you know, changing the length, changing the, uh, the amount of money that she used to actually advertise, stuff like that. So there's, whole, there's a ton of different factors that play into it. And the biggest thing that I can say is the more you do it, the better you're going to be. You are going to have failures. You're going to hit those roadblocks, which is perfectly fine, and everybody does it. But just gather that data. Don't stop gathering that data. Kelvin, did you want to chime in one more time or Alec? No, I'm good, man. Excellent. Perfect. Easy peasy. Moving on. 
All right, I just want to move on to the next one. We also have a very great question from Corey Fast. Uh, he recently ran an ad uh, for he want, well he wants to talk about Facebook ads and audiences. He says I recently ran an ad uh, to a list of foreclosures and built an audience based on just the interest section, uh, real estate related interest in a ten mile radius of office, and had five leads with an ad spend of thirty five dollars. Thought I would be thought I would get smart and use a look alike audience from an email list of two hundred forty leads from twenty sixteen. Um, also within a 10-mile radius, and ran the same ad uh, creative and copy with just one lead and $49 spent, both for a week. Man, it's tough to read these big ones. <laughs> so the first... Uh uh, so the first with just interest section performed better. So the question is, uh, is a lookalike audience really better than just using the interest section? So let's go ahead and just start off with that one, and we'll move on to the next, since I so totally th- destroyed that. <laughs> two things jumped out to me right away on this is just uh, and Tyler actually I think answered it in a nutshell is the answer is testing like and I thought that was awesome as soon as I read this I was like that's cool that this guy even thought to take it and run it to two different audiences to see what happened so Corey like you're going the right direction and that's really cool that you're split testing to see what happens to different groups that that's awesome um the other thing though is the the question is framed as a this didn't work one time with this split test to this group. So uh, the lookalikes are not, they don't work or they're not as good. I I don't think you can make that kind of a sweeping judgment just off of uh, one test. And then the last thing that occurred to me, I might've said there was two things. There's three um, is the list. The 240 leads is not all email lists are, um, are equal. So even though you might have, I would be curious to know what those leads are because what lookalikes do is they give you more of what you've already got. And so we don't, based on the way this question is laid out to us, we don't really know what you had and Facebook's just giving you more of that. Um, Yeah. Those are my first impressions. Does anyone else have anything to add on that in terms of Facebook? Yeah. So we test about five to seven lookalikes per uh, campaign we set up and we have two of them that work about consistently 20 to 30 percent better than the rest of them and those two consistently beat targeting manually um so there let, let's run down the list of lookalikes you can have you can make a lookalike of people who've been to your office you can make like facebook's rolling this stuff out actually um there's there's a new feature where you can start to track offline um, conversions. Like you can say, this person saw my video and then two days later they showed up at my restaurant. Like that's a feature on Facebook ads right now. It was rolled out in the last month. How's that for something no one else is talking about? But um, lookalikes, you can then make lookalikes of people who've watched all your videos on Facebook, which I think Corey was making a bunch of videos this summer. So I would go back there and make a lookalike of people who've watched your videos and see how that performs. And then you can make a lookalike of people who like your Facebook page. So I test that against it. And then you probably have clients. So I would test it against the client list. Um, and then you probably have access to some type of maybe team database or broker database. So you can make a lookalike of that as well and test it against that. Um, so I would test the different lookalikes that you have uh, in addition to whatever sort of targeting you're, you're doing yourself. Um, he had another question that I thought was pretty interesting. He says, uh, and a little further, is it worth the energy to build a following or better just to talk into Facebook, uh, Facebook's huge data mine? Um, what do you guys think about that? Kelvin, if you want to go ahead and chime in on that. Can you say that? I'm a little confused on the question. Hold on. 
You said I think, Facebooks. I think we've this is one we've addressed before, where we talk about sort of it's sort of like the the likes buying the likes thing, and um, what we typically say is the uh, is to just run your ads to get leads, and you'll get you'll get likes as a as a byproduct. You'll build an audience to your page as a byproduct, but oh. that shouldn't that that shouldn't be the primary goal. I believe that's what he's asking. Yeah, no. If that's if that's the question, if that's I believe I think you're probably right because it took me a second. But Alex, completely right. Don't pay for likes if that's what the question's entailing. Advertise effectively, consistently, and a positive spillover effect of that is an increase to your organic audience. Boom. There you go, Corey. Hopefully, we answered that question for you. That was a fantastic question with a lot of numbers and a very very large paragraph. So thank you for that. <laughs> we we love those questions because it really you know makes my my gears turn a little bit. So that's great. Um, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Karen Atkinson Carr, one of our favorite people, asked. Um, she was wor- she was researching SEO keywords. Um, she found that Google Keyword Planner uh, to be really unhelpful in choosing specific niches, and she wanted to rank for a new development in her area. And she came up with zero results in Oakhaven. So her question was, "How do I choose a keyword when Google tells me that there are zero searches a month being done for her neighborhood?" Tyler, take it away. Yeah. So I would keep looking for other neighborhoods while setting up the squeeze page for that neighborhood. Um, People who are looking to live there will click the first two results for that keyword. And if it's something that's new, they're not yet searching for it. But that also means it's really easy to get on the first page for that one. So I would make it because we're talking about an investment of probably 20 to 30 minutes. um, And then in the future, when that gets more traffic, uh, SEO is one of those things that lives for forever. Uh, Alec was just doing some research on our on our top ranking pages, and they're pages that were written a year and a half, two years ago. They're still getting traffic and still getting leads. So I would make that page rank for it. And then in terms of finding better keywords, uh, once you rank on the first page for that one, it's a lot easier to then rank for a keyword that, let's say, gets 10 searches. And then let's say there's a keyword that's pretty competitive that gets 100 searches. You just got to work up that way. Some of the first keywords that you should rank for probably shouldn't even have traffic and then eventually move up to the ones that are really competitive. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic advice. Kelvin, do you want to chime in on SEO since you deal with it a lot? Yeah, I just did a search actually for new homes, Oak Haven, Atlanta. And uh, first within the first four search results was a video. Um, but basically, that's an example of a keyword you could probably be utilizing. And then I would definitely go out and, and vlog like Stephen Hartner style. We did a video on that. Um and definitely start getting on the first page for this specific search result. And then so, you asked about keyword research. <clears throat> so it's not so much about picking one keyword to focus on as much as it is getting 20 variations of that Oak Haven keyword. So this could be Oak, you, like in your post, you could be talking about Oak, Oak Haven, new development, um, new building, uh, new homes, um, homes for sale, all this type of stuff. And you're really going to like try to give Google clues as to what it is. If it's so new that Google doesn't even know the location of it yet, they don't even, they haven't indexed enough stuff to know everything there is to know about it. Help them fill in the picture. Like this is in the Northeast part of Albuquerque or of Atlanta. This is, um, you know, this is near this neighborhood. It's also near this neighborhood. And you kind of have those those dropped keywords in there that are alternatives, but they're they're closely related, and you help tell Google a story about what that area is. And then for a quick rank like that, I'd also suggest throwing a, a link in your menu because if you know it might find it if you do a blog post, it'll search your blog and, and that kind of thing. But if you're actually trying to rank page one for it, just put it in your menu and throw a straight link to it. Um, you'll when 
all your link juice, when Google scans your site, they'll see that link every time and they'll start recognizing that you are trying to do new home sales in this area. And you should be able to get, we've like that. What was the one we did in Kansas Ty? The We um, ranked it in two days. Greyhawk Homes or yeah. no, not Greyhawk. It was something Some, like that. Yeah, but it took two days. We like literally ranked it in, in a couple days, and it's still up there. You can like search for it, and we were just the first first there, and then wrote content about it, and you get to retain that value long term. Like Ty said, um, I had a couple bar leads through that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we never did anything with. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, SEO is one of those. Uh, you know, people think it's it's magic, and in reality, it's not. It's just getting there first and creating that content and, and finding finding a decent way to optimize it. So I think that that was answered really, really beautifully. Thank you guys for that. Uh, I appreciate that. We will move on to the next one. This was actually a YouTube. I was checking out the YouTube video of our podcast last week. And uh, Leo Peter Alvarez, which I think is one of the coolest names ever, um, he asks, uh, when detailed targeting on Facebook ads, um, is there such a thing as targeting too many interests or demographics? Uh, if you live in a city where audiences are still... Um, uh, are still generally large. Uh, Kelvin, do you want to go ahead and take that one? Yes, there are. T- there is such a thing as too many interests and in demographics. Typically, we, I've, I don't know if we did more than one ad, but I know not too long ago, Tyler and I ran a Facebook ad that had, what was it, like 12 or 15 interests, Ty? And it completely bombed. It was a complete failure. Um, and then when we scale that back to anywhere from two to three interests, we have a lot more success. We never go higher than two to three interests now. Um, but we did really want to actually test that exact question. Is there too, such a thing as too many interests? Turns out there is. And so definitely keep it from two to three interests max. Um, in terms of the demographics, we don't really adjust more than age, really. When it comes to that, we typically stick with the lookalike audiences um, and then int- two to three interests. But we don't typically adjust specific demographics that often either. All right. Yeah, that sounds great. Why And why? why is that? Like, why... When you do a broader one like that, why does it not really work as well? When you well, I think the, no one knows, but uh, right. from our experimenting, when you get too specific, uh, you generally have over-calculated and um, sort of under... Something I think marketers don't respect enough is the randomness of human decision-making. Uh, we're always looking for a clear path to a transaction or a clear path to sale. There's a lot of the bouncing around and consumption of data online that is largely untrackable. That's why we auto-feed two blogs a week into all lead sites. That's why we have you know testimonials uh, smattered everywhere is to and why we encourage people to use video so that you can you can give people ways to ping pong around to research you and then they find your squeeze page. So we find that the more targeting options you use, the more you're restricting it and thus there's a lower audience that Facebook can serve your ad to by rules that you've set up artificially and thus the cost per click is going to be higher because you're bidding on a very targeted group of people um, and there are probably other people also bidding on them. Uh, so you you don't have, you're not getting some of the low-hanging fruit that you'd get in a more broader general um, targeting situation. And so the, the bidding for those people is a little bit higher. Perfect. Anybody else want to chime in on that at all? Or are we all happy with that one? Uh, you just have to be careful with your assumptions you make going in. 
So like if you like when you make a narrow assumption, you're literally creating a full-fledged hypothesis that uh, really prevents you from learning in a wider audience cuz sometimes what you think is going to happen isn't what happens and and there's a lot of randomness out there. So so just embracing that a little bit and then making small adjustments is we found it a lot easier to to start to to learn about your audience number 1 and then number 2 make smarter stuff in the future along that angle. Excellent. Awesome. Well, there you go. There's the, I think some really decent answers to that. I thought that was a really, really great question. Um, the next one was actually an email that Tyler got. Uh, the individual's name is Shridhar Ganapathy, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ganapathy. Yeah, I got it right. Nailed it. Um, that per, sorry if I did murder that. I'm, I really apologize for that. Um, you did have a fantastic question. Um, how does a realtor earn that initial trust with a completely new non-referral prospect from a different culture, seller or buyer, particularly in this case, people of other cultures such as Asia? Um, and as an example, it sort of applies to many cultures as well that uh, in, in that it it is recommended generally as a feasible approach and may not be to others. The cultural aspect has a major impact on business prospects. Um, it's tough to tell what sort of verbiage may win in the confidence of a prospect and convince them of uh, your high integrity, ability, and skills. My wife is a realtor and frequently comes across this challenge, uh, and it's like a wall and prevents further progress. Would appreciate any tips. So culture and presenting yourself to those individuals and how to succeed that way. Uh, Tyler, since this was emailed to you, why don't you start it off? Yeah, I, I kind of just threw this in here to get everyone's opinion. Mm, that's um, a great question. Obviously, it's like a huge question that deals a lot with. I mean, I mean, he's asking it from a lead perspective, but let's not be naive here. This is like a culture um, question. So I would say that my tendency is to own the audience you already have, uh, rather than go after new audiences. So I would, I would say, I would challenge you. Um, that maybe this is a really hard thing to overcome and that it might be easier uh, to just really go after the cultures that you already are very deep into because I guarantee you, you're not getting anywhere close to 100% of the total Asian market in San Francisco, which is where your LinkedIn profile says you're from. So I would challenge you to own the 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 cultural market that you already are accepted in in San Francisco. And then once you're owning 100% of that, look elsewhere. But let's hear what Paula has to say or something. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but this is saying that, that a cold lead came in right from a different culture that you're wanting to connect with. And, and I do think that this is, can be really more rooted in interpersonal relationships and building relationships. So maybe think about it more. It's more than just a lead, right? You're, you're building a connection with a person, um, and I think a great way to to start this is to let them get to know you through your content. Um, so give them a sense of what you can offer, um, and that should already be available on your website, on social media, so that they too have an opportunity uh, to get to know you. Um, and find out what you have in common. You know, I mean, just because you're you're from two different places, there's there's got to be some some common ground there. I would think. 
Absolutely. One of my things that I, I like to point out and I like to tell people is, or in the, in this instance, you know, like I said, we are we are being a little naive, just assuming that this is just a lead, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully turning into a sale. Right. Um, that's what you know. In this instance, that's what this is: is just a person that's interested in what you have to offer them. Um, it, you know, your service includes helping them either sell a home or buy a home, and it shouldn't change. Uh, dependent on what the person looks like in my that's my mentality of it right if you're good at your job and you sell yeah but that he's house- asking how you make that into a reality because that's that's naive to say like it, your your race doesn't impact some people's opinion. no well if you if you're but that's what I'm saying is if your job is to sell a home in 90 days it shouldn't matter if they're Asian if they're from Africa or if they're from wherever yeah All yeah like, I, oh. I mean I would use video um yeah like if you're trying to get the trust of someone who's brand new to you regardless of race or whatever use video um video builds trust it puts you on camera and it like it's it's the closest thing to building a human relationship in a one-to-many format that does it as well as a one-to-one format so i would focus on making a video like three videos a week and being that person um on facebook and on youtube because i think that would really help solve the problem you have um but more than that, I would I would go back to what I said earlier and own 100% of that market you already are succeeding in. Well, and it's just like marketing. If you're going to do it, you got to commit to it and be prepared to handle it. So we live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we have a huge Spanish-speaking population here. If you want to do business with Spanish speakers, you better have Se Habla Espanol on your site. You better have um, maybe a Spanish version of your site. You better like uh, uh, someone who can actually speak Spanish when someone calls in. So you kind of have to be prepared to to deal with that culture. And it's not as much as about the culture as it is the, the, the setbacks that you're going to find. That's exactly. Someone wants to talk in Spanish to you, no matter how good your video is that you send them, if it's not in Spanish it's probably not going to be very convincing and it's probably not going to lead them to think that you work with many other Spanish speaking people. So uh, make, you know, make it obvious if you're going to be like, if you're going to focus on a culture, a language something like that, that you you're capable of handling just those finer details and you don't have to know um, all this, all this stuff of, about it. You just have to be able to relate your message. Cause at the end of the day, you are, just, you are an agent and you're doing the same thing the same service for them that you would do for someone from any other culture. You just have to package it in a little bit different packaging. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, well, that, and, and one thing, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I think um, it really comes down to doing your research and getting to know. That's, that's um, exactly what I was going to say. That person. So, so let's say, so, so Asian, Asian countries will say maybe have a, a they value different things than we do. Um, in Western countries, because we kind of grow up with this uh, individualistic versus versus collectivistic mentality. So, what what do they value? You know, just just do your research and get to know um, them as a buyer and and what they what they would look for in this transaction. That's one thing that I wanted to bring up too. I remember recently, well, not recently, it's probably like seven or eight podcasts ago now, we actually discussed, uh, you know, China's involvement in the real estate market and investing here. It's, you know, it's different there. There's a lot of restrictions on housing there and, and how they can invest and make money off of it. So they're coming over here in droves to purchase property, to invest in property. So if you, you know, if you wanted to focus in on something like that, um, that's something you could create, like we said, market a squeeze page and show that these properties are good for investment and the, the rest should do it itself. These indiv- that's what these individuals are looking for. 
something like that. Tyler's closing his eyes. I can tell he's either. Really <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, Kellen, what did you want to chime in on this at all? No, I think those were all very good points. Actually, I think Tyler's right. Get completely familiar with the culture you're already familiar with, and then from there move on out. And then video is the best way to actually um, conquer any type of cultural boundary or any type of cultural border that you're gonna come across. I think video is the best way to actually approach this. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good question and maybe we can come up with some good notes and think real long and hard about it and maybe bring it back up because, uh, it, it is, it is tough, you know, it's tough to, uh, like Robert said, you know what I mean? Be accessible, be available to those individuals. If I had a site, I, I live in New Mexico. I don't know a lick of Spanish at all. So I would crash and burn here pretty aggressively. I feel like if I was an agent. Right. And that's what you have no business probably dealing with Spanish speakers. If you don't, if you like, don't. Um, understand that, right? right? Like that goes back to Ty's point. Like it, like I've, I'm a lifelong Albuquerque local. I've, I can speak Spanish like pretty well. And like, I would actually stand a chance um, going after those clients versus going after like, you know, some like targeting chi- Chinese culture. That would probably not be my, my cup of soup. And there's my, uh, my barriers to entry on that are just so high that, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it uh, yeah no it's uh, it can definitely be pretty tough to do that. Um, I would I I would agree with Tyler on this one. Just make sure that you know you focus on what you know and what you're used to and familiar with, and then maybe start branching out, coming up with a game plan, creating a video, making yourself you know available. Um, and that that's a great question. Man, that one's a doozy. I love that. That one's hard. Awesome. Well, that is it for today. Uh, Thank you so much, folks, for all the fantastic questions. The podcast will be posted up on Monday. If you do have any questions or comments, feel free to comment in the BeatZilla group. Send an email to support at EasyAgentPro or keep bugging Tyler. Make sure you fill up his inbox with tons of podcast questions. And we also have Twitter uh, at EasyAgentPro, right? And uh, send us some stuff there. Um, If you guys all want to say goodbye, now's the time to do it. Yeah, thanks for tuning into the show. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Bye, guys. Let me know how you like the update, guys. Thank you for listening to In The Lead. If you have enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com. And as always, we'll see you later.